On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Online, I talk with Monique Hessian from Snuggle Honey Kids in Australia. We talk about what she's doing to combat Instagram's algorithm and ways that she's grown her business. You guys are going to get a lot out of this one. Before we start, we've worked with hundreds of businesses over the years, and we found that there's one element that all the successful businesses have in common. All the successful businesses that we've worked with have had a strategy. Having a strategy means having a roadmap. It means knowing where you want to go and having a plan on how you're going to get there. We found that there's 10 pivotal elements to an effective strategy, and we've created a one-minute quiz to help you determine whether your next year of marketing will be successful or not. Think about this. If a plane leaving LAX is headed to JFK and is even 1% off at the beginning of the trip, that plane could veer as far as Winnipeg. <laughs> and no one wants to end up in Winnipeg. Take the quiz today at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz or click the link in today's show notes to see where your marketing is headed this year. Now, on to today's show. Monique Hessian from Snuggle Honey Kids. Great to have you on the podcast. Hey, Jordan. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Another Aust- yeah, another Australian. Oh, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. Uh, let Let's get get right into it. Um, tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, so um, I'm 34. I'm from Sydney, Australia, and um, I actually have a background in accounting. So um, prior to Snuggle Honey Kids, I worked for a chartered accounting firm for 13 years. And um, over the last five years, I sort of got to the point where I felt like I, it wasn't really me um, and I wanted to do something else, but I didn't really know what that was. Um, I'm more of a creative. And once I fell pregnant with my son, Mason, I had this idea um, because I was in the shops and I wanted to buy beautiful swaddles for him and everything was so um, unmodern and, you know, babyish. And I felt that there was this gap in the market because every time I wanted to go and buy a swaddle for, for Mason, I just hated, I hated everything in the shop. It was very baby focused as opposed to, you know, something beautiful for the mother. Cause at the end of the day, the mother is the one that's buying the product. So I, me and my mom went to spotlight, which is a local sewing shop and I made my own bedding and I made my own swaddles and we thought, Oh, maybe we could, you know, create a, a line and, um, you know, see how we go. So I pretty much just from there, I did, I created six products. I created a social media account and I put my products on Etsy. Um, oh, okay. You started with Etsy. You know what? You're the first podcast guest that I've had that has mentioned starting on Etsy. Yeah. So everything was handmade. And yeah. um, I just, you know, I was, I had Mason at that time. And then we basically put everything on Etsy and thought, we'll just see how we go. Um, and, you know, we did quite well, but for the first year, it was really a real learning curve um, with, what to do. And, you know, I had no experience whatsoever, um, in doing this sort of thing. And then I moved more to social media and from there, that's sort of where the ID took off. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So you started with six products. Where are you guys at now? We have nearly 200 products now. 200. Um, and are you still, is everything still made in house or, or like where? No, are you so, so what happened was for the first year, I was selling probably anywhere between one to six orders a week. So I really don't know why I didn't give up, but I was really passionate about what I was doing <laughs> Good for and you. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So for me, I kept going. And, um, that first year was really a, a, a year of learning. So I've got onto yeah. social media. I sort of, you know, figured out what I wanted, but then also my, my products changed. We evolved. From there, we, we did evolve our products, um, our six products, and we moved into a swaddle, a jersey swaddle, which is what I loved personally for my son. Okay. And I thought it was, it was all 
yeah, there wasn't much around uh, at that time. So I thought, you know, we're going to change. So we did that. Once I did that, I started to have this strategy around online about, you know, I followed all these brands who I was so inspired about. Yeah, so yeah. I, bought, I bought all their products and I photographed my products with their products. And I started posting these photos on Instagram and my, my photos, they loved. So what happened was they started to repost my photos and tag our brand. And so what happened was it started to have this snowball effect where everyone then started to see my products in their photos. So it was a really good strategy initially. And then what happened was it was a snowball effect. Everyone started to sort of figure out who Snuggle Honey was. They would start to see the name more. Yeah. And we started to grow at that point. Um, and then we got seamstresses in. And I, I eventually had about eight seamstresses in Australia and they were all working and they were all at, at capacity. This is probably about two years in at this point. Okay, yeah. And, and that's right. how, many, how many years in are you now? About going on to four. Okay. 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 Yeah. Just, I, I just, it's nice to see the, the trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. So about two years in with all the seamstresses just couldn't keep up and we couldn't keep up with the growth. So then we had to move it offshore and now we come out of um, India and China. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, at what point did you know, like, was there a particular point when you knew that this was going to grow? Yeah. So it was, it was when we, we really used, so Etsy was sort of, the same thing. I, I didn't really know how to utilize that. We were sort of selling the same thing, but we weren't growing. So we really knew that the social media space, you know, once being a mom and sort of getting on there and realizing, wow, there's all these brands and there was this opportunity, we really started to focus on the Instagram space, purely Instagram. And from there, when we started the strategy around taking photographs, using other people, um, other people's brands to sort of like jump onto their train. Yeah. Um, and then we contacted Mummy, mummy bloggers and influencers um, in Australia. I knew I had a really good product and a solid product and it worked so well. So not only was it beautiful and our products were good quality, they were really functional as well. So what yeah. was on the market was really functional, but it wasn't necessarily beautiful and modernized for the mother. So I sort of brought those two together and contacted all our influencers and just pretty much just said, hey, this is who we are. We'd love to send you some products. Um, and they would really start really influencing our brand in that way. And putting those sort of two strategies together is when we really sort of catapulted. Um, and I, you know, we got a heap of new followers and, and our following went from zero to I think 15,000 followers in the first two years. And then we jumped to like 30,000. We now have over a half a million followers on Instagram uh, and Facebook. I did not even realize that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. not, not to be a, a, a total downer, but what do you do now with the, the way that the Instagram algorithm is? What? So we still, we still have a really, um, really great reception to Facebook and Instagram. So we haven't seen a downward shift um, as yet. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Right. So Snuggle Honey is the brand. Um, we are not just about the product. We are so much more about the brand. And so what I've tried to create and what I've learned over the past couple of years is it is really all about community. And as a mother myself, I wanted to be a part of community and share that part of my, my, you know, journey with others. We can relate, we can, you know, go on more of a personal level. So Snuggle Honey Kids now moved to a brand where, you know, we support the mother. We, mm. we, we embrace motherhood, whether it's ups and downs. And so we have a really large online community. So for us, we pretty much grew our followers into a community which we were all together in and we support that community and our brand and our products, you know, sort of come in, we come into that. So we're more focused on the community. So that's why I think we have such a large and large and engaged community. Awesome. We listen to our followers. Um, and yeah, it's so, it goes so much more further than the product. I feel like people out there need to actually hear that. 
Uh, other brands need to hear that when they're seeing the big uh, engagement drop-offs. Um, Agreed. Uh, yeah, they, they figure out that it's not just about the product. Right? No, like, I mean, definitely not about, I mean, obviously you need to know that your product is solid, that, you know, if there's a, there's a market for your product, that people want to buy your product. Once you know all those things, then for us, it's really more a lifestyle. It's, it's more of a lifestyle thing. So for us, it's a lifestyle brand and we want to be able to be a part of that time in, in a parent, you know, in a mother's life, in a parent's life. And by doing so, they can, you know, be involved by having a snuggle honey um, and using our products and so that their babies become snuggle honeys and we're all in it together. Mm. And the, the and then, you know, they feel that they're a part of our community when they buy our products. That, that's super cool. So do you call them, like, is, is that what you say? Like you call them snuggle honeys? We do. So that's sort of where it all came from. So I would, you know, always use, um, when you think about snuggle honey, so snuggle is, you know, to settle and to soothe your baby. So we sort of coming in at that newborn stage in their life. Um, and then honey is just like a word of endearment. So, um, you can call your child anything, but we call them snuggle honeys and we have a huge hashtag strategy around snuggle honey kids. So when people are doing their newborn birth announcement photos, or they're sharing huge milestones with their families, um, they will tag snuggle honey or they'll hashtag and say my snuggle honey. So we've really grown, um, our strategy around the snuggle honey kid, um, the snuggle honey baby and everything is really comes back to that. Um, you know, we are snuggle honey. We have a snuggle honey community. We have snuggle honey mamas, um, and our babies are snuggle honeys and it works really well. And I think for our people love to be a part of, um, that journey with us. And we love seeing snuggle honeys. It's just, we get, you know, get such a kick out of it. Yeah. Monique, you're very smart. I, I'm, I'm loving hearing this. Just like I, every time I have new podcast guests on, I always say it's like free consulting. Like, oh, what are you guys it, doing down there? <laughs> it is. We, it's, you know what it is. I think it's, um, it wasn't really a strategy. It sort of, it sort of happened organically yeah. um, because it's something that I was really passionate about. And it's something that our, you know, our whole team is passionate about. And then I think we realized then we could turn it into a commercialized strategy. Um, but not only, you know, as a strategy for marketing, but as a strategy that we love and we are super passionate about. And I think that's what's so important when selling a product and, you know, having a community is really believing in it yourself and being, mm. um, you know, so passionate about the space that you're in and what you're doing. Because I think, you know, you don't have to convince people to believe it. They see it and they want to be a part of it. Totally. Totally. That's great. Uh, let's, let's talk about, um, where you sell your products. So uh, are you mostly direct to consumer or are you guys in stores? What, what does that we, look like? We started out, um, direct to consumer, but we organically grew the, our wholesale, our wholesale side very quickly. Um, it wasn't until last year that we started to focus on wholesale and distribution. Uh, we're now in over 600 stores worldwide, 600, which is, which is amazing. Uh, yes. So there are, you know, baby stalls, kids stalls, but also gifting stalls. So I yeah, know buying yeah, gifts yeah. For, for newborns and that sort of thing. Um, so we have two systems. So we have a really well-oiled machine wholesale system, um, which works really well. And so we sell obviously into store, but then our direct to consumer, we pretty much obviously are huge on social media. So Facebook and Instagram um, are really important to us. And we have our own, obviously our own database and our own subscribers, but also yeah. Google um, is a big place that we live in as well. So it's sort of, and we, you know, it's organic as well and that sort of thing, but pretty much they're the, they're the main places that we sell into. Okay. Let's, let's talk Google. Cause that's something we actually don't talk a ton about, um, with brands. What, Google what is gonna... a tricky one, isn't it? It's a tricky, tricky place. Oh, <laughs> so what are you doing on Google? Is this Google paid or is this organic? Both. So, um, we have a, you know, we have an SEO, uh, strategy. 
um, that's in place. Uh, we do have really good um, just organic um, range in Google, but it is pretty much predominantly um, paid advertising. So we do Google Shopping yeah. um, and paid and paid advertising as well. Okay, awesome, good. I'm a huge Google Shopping fan. Um, yeah, it makes it so much easier when um, I think now like a lot of brands are doing it well. So it's a lot easier to find things quickly. Whereas before you kind of needed to find something modern or something trending and you had to go to social media. Whereas I feel like Google's, you know, catching up in that space now. Yes, totally. For a product like yours or for, for a brand like yours, I think it makes a lot of sense to be on Google shopping um, because that's something that people are going to be searching for those particular products, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, it's interesting. However, when you talk about Google as, as opposed to, you know, the machine of Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. um, you know, we still see, you know, a much better conversion through Facebook and Instagram um, than we do Google. And it's just the way that it is. Um, I think if you can market it correctly and you can strategize for the right way and you know how to, you know, advertise to your people, um, Facebook, Instagram is just as a machine. It can really, really make a difference to your business. Totally. Let's talk um, Facebook and Instagram paid. What is, what's working for you guys right now? Mm -hmm. Hey, sorry about the interruption. We'll get back to the show shortly. I wanted to ask you again, are you confident in your company's marketing strategy for the upcoming year? If you don't want to leave it up to chance, take the one minute quiz at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz. Now, back to today's episode. So obviously we do, we, um, we have organic and we have paid. Uh, for paid for us, the way that we, we market and the way that we target our customers is an emotive way. So the way that we do things is we try to connect with the mother um, in all our forms of advertising. So yeah. it's an emotional thing. So for us, when we started Snuggle Honey Kids, there was a gap in the market where, you know, social media was such a big thing that parents, when they were to, you know, um, have a baby, they wanted to celebrate their baby by posting a photo on their Instagram or their Facebook about, you know, their child and it's like a celebration and a milestone. So what we, what we thought was that we could help them do, doing this, you know, and so we became the brand where you would go to to buy products for your birth announcement. Mm. So, you know, so a awesome. lot of people are having, having a baby and they would go and buy a hospital outfit. But these days, not everyone comes to the hospital anymore. People just wait for the announcement. Yeah. So if you have a look at our marketing and our advertising, it's all around birth announcement and how to create the most beautiful birth announcements and milestones. So our, all our imagery um, is targeted, you know, towards that, that emotional connection with your baby. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it is, it's not salesy at all. It's really who we are as a brand and we're showing them who they are, who we are, you know, and that they can be a part of our brand. But also in, in that we're showing them the beautiful products that they can have, not only for their birth announcement, but they can take that product away and use it functionally and beautifully within their home and wherever they are. Um, and they can keep that and cherish that and, you know, use that with all their children. So when you have a look at our advertising paid, it really is um, an extension of who we are. Mm. Awesome. Um, what's your biggest struggle when it comes to paid ads? Oh, that's a tricky one. Biggest struggle coming into paid ads. Growth. So when you're scaling your business, you find with your ads, the more money you put into your ad, your return on investment is going to decrease. Yeah. So um, a lot of the time, I think it's a real balance between you know, knowing sort of where you sit in the market and making that work for you. And if you're growing too fast, sometimes the necessary, the return investment isn't great. So it's really just about finding that balance of where you sort of sit in your ads 
and making sure that you're monitoring and measuring them and making sure you know which areas you need to focus on in relation to measuring them and how well that they, how well that they work for you. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it is about insight and measurement and analyzing your ads. I think a lot of the time people go in and do the ads. They don't really know what they're doing. They're seeing money coming, but they're not actually really measuring what's happening here. Totally. So I think, I think that's where your downfall can be. Yeah. Um, if you could go back to when you first started, what would you do differently? You know, I get asked this question a lot and it's a funny one, but I probably wouldn't change a thing. And I think that's the reason why we've done so well is because, you know, I've had absolutely no experience in this space. Um, I really went from the heart and, and I was just so passionate about what I believed in that I, I threw myself in the deep and I didn't have a choice. I had to learn how to problem solve really quickly um, and learn quick on your feet. And I think the only, the only advice I would give myself is, you know, don't worry about the end goal. I, I never focused on the end goal when I started. I really was just taking steps forward. Um, I never had this big plan that, you know, the business was going to turn out the way it was. I purely wanted to quit my day job, raise my children at home and have the opportunity to go to their school events, to be a part of all that. I never, ever in a million years thought that my brand would get this large. Yeah. So I think for me, I would go back to the advice I give myself or, you know, what I would do again is probably not worry about those things as much and just worry okay. about the steps in front of you. Um, and, and you really just, you know, not worry about, yeah, not worry about the big things and just tackle one thing at a time. Cause I think for me, I used to get overwhelmed with the growth so quickly. Um, and you sort of hit capacity really quickly. And it's about, I think not worrying about the things that are going to happen in the future, but worrying about now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I've got a, a question related to your past experience. How does, uh, your accounting experience, um, how does it help you in your business now? It's actually really vital. It is so important. It's a skill that I'm so glad that I did. Um, you know, I did a Bachelor of Commerce degree and although I didn't really enjoy accounting because I didn't really get that thrill that I get from Snuggle Honey, it, it is so critical in anyone's business to have a background in business. Um, you know, you can be really good at marketing. You can be really good at your brand. But if you don't understand the fundamentals of running a business, you, you won't be able to scale. And so I think it was really vital for us, to, you know, and I was really lucky to have those skills. So now I can, you know, when you're scaling, you've got to worry about managing cash flow and logistics and mm -hmm. expenses and all these sorts of things. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And as accountant, as an accountant, I used to, you know, manage businesses and I would see this every day, the same thing would happen, would go wrong, you know, because you can't wear all the hats. And yeah. um, if you're really good at something and you're not necessarily good at accounting or you're not, not, not necessarily good at business, it is, is, is a vital area that you need to teach yourself or get the right people in or pay people um, to do what you have to do to make sure that, you know, everything that you're doing is for growth and that you're not doing anything that's going to jeopardize your business. Totally. I know one of the best experiences uh, or one of the best decisions that we've made on the clothing company side is uh, having a part-time CFO. Um, to be able to do the the projections, it's just something that we're not so important. Yeah, I mean, if you're not, so my husband is, um, you know, half of the business, yeah. and so he comes from a FMCG, a business to business e-commerce background, with absolutely no accounting knowledge whatsoever. So it's it's so interesting when I talk to him, you know, it just doesn't resonate. You know, I try to you know explain it in real basic terms, but it, it is if you don't have that background like yourself. Um, it's really easy to go wrong. And, and it's so important though, like you said, to get a CFO or to get someone in who can manage those things for you. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I've been really lucky in that way to be able to, um, you know, 
really be able to see the business grow and really be, be careful in those areas. And yeah, it's, it is, I'm, yeah, now I'm thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, this is the question I like to ask everybody. Uh, what, and you've kind of touched a little bit on this, but what's your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling. Oh, it's, you know, there's two things. The secret, the first one would be not to break. And um, I know that sounds really basic, but it, it is where people get stuck. I think when growing a business, when you scale, you start a business on your own, you're one person. You soon, if your business is growing, you're going to reach capacity quite quickly. It's so important that um, you need to be able to let go of control and bring people in as a team in the areas where you may not have the expertise in those areas and work together as a team to be able to scale your business. So, you know, you're thinking about logistics, you're thinking about supply, you're thinking about supply chain. There's all these things that you may not have experience in. Yeah. Scaling your business, it's so important to learn a little about a lot. Yes, you bring in this team, but you need to be, you need to run, you need to lead from the front and you need to always have that vision and that brand in mind in every decision that you make. The customer is, you know, vital in your scale, being able to learn and adapt as a business, being able to grow as a business, not staying still ever. And, yeah. you know, sort of like people get stubborn. No, this is what I'm doing. Um, this is going to work. It's really about going, okay, taking on all the feedback from when you start to sell your business, um, sell your products into the market, listening to them and commercializing as you grow. If you don't commercialize as you grow, you, you're going to hit an umbrella at some point. Mm. So for us, you know, growing, you know, when we started up, when we started, we were selling our products, for instance, in PVC slips. We were sending them PVC in satchels, got to a point where we knew we had this beautiful product, this beautiful brand, but our, our packaging wasn't up to scale. We knew we had to commercialize our packaging. And if we didn't, we would not have seen the growth that we're seeing today. So for us, we had to really figure out, you know, packaging, one, one important vital part of your business, commercialize the packaging and, and, and evolve and adapt with what the market is asking from you, what people are wanting from you, what they want from your experience. And if yeah. you don't do those sorts of things and you don't listen and you don't adapt and change and grow as a business you are not able to scale yeah wow this is great awesome yeah it's it's so simple when you think about it you just got to really talk about it in basic terms but it is so important um it's yeah it's really important to be able to as as an entrepreneur as a business owner to never stay still and never stay the same learn and absorb information is power um and and grow with it you know as you grow yeah uh, some listeners of ours, uh, I'm sure, uh, run the husband and wife duo. How does that yes. work for you guys? Well, in the beginning, I really didn't know how it was going to work because we both had corporate careers. Uh, we both really independent and, ha and had ambitions in our own careers. Uh, we never worked together. So working together for the first six months was actually quite difficult, you know, getting used to being with each other every day, knowing who, who's doing what. You know, you're coming into a business that's growing. Who is managing what role? Um, and not being able to step on each other's toes, but trust each other as well. So it took probably six months to a year for us both to really work out what we're good at, what our skills are at, and then being able to trust the other person. So we sort of fell into two different roles um, and we really are focused. So Tom will manage half the team under, under him and I, would, I do the same with myself. Yeah. And he trusts me in the decisions that I make. I'm the creative, you know, um, and, and he lets me make those decisions and I have to trust him and I have to be guided by him in the skills that he has and what he's able to offer the, offer the team. And it was really important that we were not doing the same things yeah. and that we were able to sort of separate our roles um, into something that was completely different. Really great advice. 
That's that's awesome. As yeah, somebody who runs it's a, a tricky one. <laughs> well, you know what? It's so so many people say to us, "Oh my goodness, how how are you working with your husband?" Like I would kill him. Like we would get a divorce. And um, I think it's really important, you know, to really just you really have to communicate. And like I said, you, you can work as a team so solidly, but you can't be on top of one another. You need to be able to give each other the respect and knowledge that they can make the right decisions and trust with your gut that they're doing the right thing. But then also, you know, talk about things if, if you don't believe in something and communicate and really listen to the other person. Um, but, you know, like we, we could be in the office for a week and he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing and we're not even involved with what each other's doing in the, in the brand. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well. That's great. Well, we're going to move on to the lightning round here. Let's do it. Okay. I got a couple of questions for you here. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Well, as you know, social media is such a large um, thing for us right now. I think my favorite app would be called Unfold. So it's an app that you can use for stories. Um, oh, and yes, it can, yes, yes. You, can, you can be really creative. So um, it just allows you to have a little bit more creative flair um, to, you know, what everyone else is doing in the um in the marketplace and it's only i think it's only four dollars and it's it's amazing oh awesome that's great um do you have a favorite podcast you know what i don't that's, that's okay. one thing I, I i don't you know what you should send me your favorite because i'm sure it would be my favorite too uh well it depends on the business side or on the fun side <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one. Uh, you know what? I do love listening to um, entrepreneurial stories and success stories and that sort of thing. So business, would you be able to send me one? I will. I will. I'll send okay, you one. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah my, cool. my favorite, I'll, I'll do a plug for my favorite podcast because maybe I'll get him to mention me, but uh, I, love, <laughs> I love Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. Okay. Uh, amazing podcast. Uh, he just, he walks you through steps of um, acquiring companies, selling companies, um, like that, that whole all of these different ways that, that you would never think. I mean, you, you're smart. You probably Comes would. from a different perspective. Yeah. And, and talking about growing companies and have you ever heard of digital marketer before? No, no. Okay. It's no. A, it's an American company, but it's uh, yeah, it's one of their um, podcasts and it's just, it's unreal. So awesome. I'm so glad you asked me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm sure you have lots of valuable knowledge in there as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and is there a founder that you look up to? Um, you know what? There is a couple. There's one here in Australia. Her name is um, Julia Mathers and she's from Flora and Fauna. They are, um, they built like an animal friendly eco business cool. and they probably started a year before we did. And um, she's just doing such great, great things in the sustainable world. Um, yeah. So, and I'm just really inspired by what she's able to achieve. And, you know, they, they sell over 6,000 SKUs now um, and they have a huge warehouse and like over 30 employees and, and they're just absolutely killing it. So yeah, she definitely have to be someone I'm very inspired by. 6,000 yeah. SKUs sounds like a headache. <laughs> a lot of hard work, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, it was really, really great to chat with you. I, I enjoyed this immensely. So great to chat with you. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, um, yeah I look forward to find out more about you. Well, you can follow us on um, Facebook and Instagram at Snuggle Honey Kids um, and the website snugglehoneykids.com.au. Um, Google us where you'll find us everywhere. So as soon as you pop in Snuggle Honey Kids, you'll be able to locate us. That's great. Anything else you want to say? Um, no, I think it's just really important for um, other people listening to the podcast to really um, believe in what they're doing and to never and to really not give up. And if you're not sure, find out, research, learn, um, and really grow. And yeah, if you're really stuck, there's so much knowledge and information out there, I think, to be able to help people grow their business. And um, yeah, really just not give up and believe in what you're doing. And I think if you're passionate about what you're selling, then other people are going to be too. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scaling Online. If you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe to our podcast and share this with a friend. No, seriously, share it with a friend. No, if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you profitable. Got it? No, seriously, 